You guys, I am so excited because in just a few days, I will be releasing the official What Fulfills You card game for pre-order on the website at whatfulfillsyou.com. And as a special thank you for tuning in to this episode, I will be sharing an exclusive 10% off with the code EPISODE114. So use this code at checkout if you want 10% off the card game. It's EPISODE114 at checkout. All right, you guys, so we are pretty much almost in back to school season, or we pretty much already are, depending on where you go to school. But if you are a junior or senior in college, then you are probably coming to a slow reality check of holy shit, I am almost a college graduate. Like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, what do I do from here, right? I remember what it was like during college and after college and even during the job search process. It's all still really recent to me. And because I know how stressful it can be, I put together a career ebook guide for you called the Everyday Girl's Guide to Career Success. I include resume templates, cover letter templates, top interview questions, my personal answers to the questions, how you should be dressing at interviews, and so much more. So you can find all the information on this ebook and buy this ebook online at whatfulfillsyou.com. Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast, or welcome if you are brand new here. My name is Emily Elizabeth. I'm your host, and I am feeling very fresh right now and refreshed because I had a great night's sleep. I've been catching up on some sleep because didn't have as much this past weekend. Um, and just been, you know, with the moving process, I just feel like I've been sleeping a little less and also walking a lot and getting a lot of physical activities. So of course my body is naturally really tired by the end of the day and getting eight hours of sleep just always makes me feel really good. And I am drinking some coffee right now as well. I don't know if like my energy is kind of giving off that vibe, but a random thought when I made my coffee this morning and I took a sip, I was like, wow, I think my coffee is better than some of the places I get my coffee at um, in New York. But mind you, I love purchasing coffee out. It is, you know, just such a, I don't know, it's like five, six dollars each time. And it is something I get conscious about and mindful about in terms of spending money. Um, And especially because I live alone and I have other expenses. So um, as random as it is, I've talked about this in like, way older financial episodes where I talk about what I budget on personally and for me one of the things I have reduced since way back in college so this has been years now but I typically only spend probably like $20 per month on coffee versus where it can be very easy to spend $20 a week on coffee because that's like I don't know probably four coffees a week if you're buying it out, um, averaging it at $5. So very small tangent there. But if you're someone that is looking for a way to minimize your spending or maybe take that 
I don't know, that $20 a week that you would have and maybe start putting it in a savings to invest later on, um, especially if you're a college student. That's something I did I did in the past, which is how I started investing kind of early in college. Um, yeah, definitely something I would advise to consider. And if not, though, totally, again, love spending money on coffee out, but it's a thing it's important to be mindful about. But um, with that being said, I want to dive into today's guest. Her name is Kim Ross, and it's really cool because I actually interviewed her, I think, on my second week in New York. <laughs> and I honestly, it felt awesome just to have a in-person interview right off the bat because I wanted to make sure I didn't give myself too much time to transition into my new New York life and whatnot, but honestly, it has felt like I've been living here for months, so it really felt normal to me. But a little bit about her and you know what she does. She is the founder and CEO of Aura, which is an acupuncture and wellness practice in the heart of New York's NoHo neighborhood, bringing a highly curated and elevated acupuncture experience to New York. After being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at age 11 and struggling with health-related issues throughout the years, Kimberly finally found great relief in acupuncture five years ago after receiving treatment from Gabriel, who is now Aura's director of acupuncture. The concept of Aura was conceived during her time at Harvard Business School, which hint we will be diving into, and I think regardless if you are interested in going to business school, or if you're interested in business as a whole, I am an advocate for just learning about different experiences from other people that you may not ever experience firsthand, but it's, you know, like a fun fact to know. So we will dive into that. And she created Aura in an attempt to make acupuncture more approachable to others experiencing health issues. Kimberly continues her mission of helping others feel their best and achieve optimal well-being. She started a nonprofit when she was 14 years old called Safe Sittings in order to provide babysitters with type 1 diabetes for kids also with type 1 diabetes. Safe Sittings was acquired by Beyond Type 1 in 2016. And again, this was recorded in person, so you will hear more of that live audio quality ambiance, if you will. And we actually recorded this at Aura, which is the acupuncture studio. And then I had a chance to experience it after, which truly is amazing. It is like the perfect place to go, I would say, like after work, 5, 6 p.m. and just kind of decompress after a long day. So if you are in the New York area, definitely recommend to check it out if you have been interested in trying acupuncture and we do dive into all of that health and wellness stuff as well so with that being said let's just dive into the conversation kim thank you for joining me today in sitting down to chat and you know share about your journey um i'd love to start with your background i think i always love when my guests really share you know their upbringing how they got into you know really the journey they got on today so can you start with where you grew up and all that so yeah i grew up in new york city um i was born and raised in new york and then i went to dartmouth college in new hampshire for uh, undergrad i wanted i love new york city but i wanted to experience something totally different mm-hmm. experience the outdoors and a small community and really loved getting out of the city um, and then after college i moved back to new york and was working in sports at the NFL um, and then was working also in real estate development after that and then I 
five years after I graduated undergrad, I went to business school and mm-hmm. Harvard Business School um, and loved Boston and experiencing another city. Yeah. And then I moved back in 2018, and that's kind of when Aura all started. <laughs> right. Okay. So in undergrad, did you study business or was... Did you always know that you wanted to get into business or like starting something of your own or were there any traits like during your childhood days that kind of caught on later on? So I studied history and oh government, okay. um, <laughs> but I did not want to be a lawyer, I, but I was always really interested just in history. Okay. It was a liberal arts education, so mm-hmm. business wasn't so much a, um, was an option, though they did offer accounting and I took... I went for like the first day and it was actually the only class that my dad insisted I take Mm -hmm. and I went on the the first day and like did not take the class, (laughs) though in retrospect I really wish I did. Right. Um, But I was just more interested in learning in history and just more in front like learning about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know I necessarily wanted to start my own business. I had always been interested in business and grew up... um, surrounding in New York City so kind of business was always you know surrounding right right. um and but I did always you know love business and I also loved helping people Mm -hmm. and I wasn't set on starting my own business but Mm -hmm. I thought that if I ever were to it was something I had to be super super passionate about Mm -hmm. and um when I first started thinking about Aura it was got me so excited because it was a way to kind of marry business with you know, creating a space that would really help people feel better, which is one of Aura's main mission. Right. And you mentioned you had other job experiences um, working, you said NFL, right? Mm-hmm. So were there anything, I guess, any specific um, lessons you learned from those experiences that really parlayed over into starting Aura? So I'd say definitely in a lot of different ways. Right. So in high school, I worked in at a restaurant. I also mm-hmm. worked in retail. And I was always attracted though to the hospitality side of things. Okay. So I, um, you know, was definitely interested in kind of the, my favorite like day, day would be the sort of help a guest Mm -hmm. um it wasn't always didn't happen every day (laughs) the experiences weren't so glamorous but I Uh really always loved hospitality and a way where to give deliver great service Mm -hmm. um then when I worked in real estate I was working more on the development side truly as an analyst but I was sitting in meetings on design Mm -hmm. and with the design team and I loved those meetings because I loved how you know, tangible everything was, and mm-hmm. you could really experience, your, you know, someone's home, and it was how, what should the layout of the closet be, mm-hmm. and what should the finishes be, and um, I loved kind of that, learning about that, and so when I was working on Aura, and thinking about the experience, design has really become such a huge part mm-hmm. of the overall experience and the brand. Right. Okay, that's that's interesting because I always get curious how, you know, because I think what today too, when people, especially my, the younger generation, when they see success, right? And, and again, when we're, I'm part of millennial generation, but I think the older ones are always laughing at Gen Z now saying it's not overnight, you know, there are people like, it's not like you graduate college and you start your business right away, right? Or So that's why I always ask those questions because I think it's so important that the younger generation realize that it's not 
overnight success and it's not even like a five-year six I mean you get lucky if you get in that short period of time right so I think I like to bring that um, real perspective to them like hey you know these people yes they started these businesses or ventures or whatever but they also did this this and this prior which oftentimes um, people take lessons from those and and it parlays over but um, I am curious to dive into your experience at Harvard Business School because that is where I saw that Aura was conceived, right? <laughs> so could you share the backstory? Was it during class? Was it during conversation with a colleague? Like, how did it really start from there? So it started really first. I had gone into acupuncture myself for my own health reasons. Right. So a year before I went to Harvard, I was working in New York City. Okay very stressed, really anxious <laughs> in my job. So just talk about not building it overnight. Yeah. I was an analyst and was so nervous every day. And I like my stomach definitely took the brunt of it. Wow. I think I carried my stress and anxiety, you know, through a lot of stomach issues. Right. Um and it was really trying to like in a desperation to feel better mm-hmm. that I tried acupuncture. And mm-hmm. in that I really, you know, started to feel better and went weekly and then um a year later when i moved to boston for school i stopped going to acupuncture all my stress came back and all my symptoms came back and when i went to find some an acupuncturist in boston my second semester i um i had such a hard time finding someone i went off of different yelp reviews and it was then that i realized you know i would never have tried acupuncture if it weren't for positive experience prior and someone recommending a specific person who's now Gabriel, who's now our head of acupuncture. Uh Um, But, you know, so many more people could benefit from it if they knew more about it, where to go, who to trust. Right. So then I was sitting at like brunch with some of my classmates and everyone was complaining about a different health issue. (laughs) And I felt, felt like I sounded like a broken record, but it was like, oh, you should try acupuncture you should try acupuncture for your periods. You should try acupuncture for your hangover. You right. should try and all these different things. And right. I realized that, you know, so many people could benefit from it. And it was in that I then started to think like, why isn't acupuncture more known? Yeah. And why, you know, is the experience so hard to really like discover and find and mm-hmm. enjoy? Cause people, are excuse me are nervous around they hear acupuncture and they think needles yeah um but it really is so relaxing so how can you make that experience even relaxing from the moment you walk in right did any of your classmates think it was woo woo at the time I guess I don't know a better way to say it but like you you know even for me I think anything that's non-conventional or non-traditional per se a lot of people as a group will always be like oh like is that like you know fake stuff right like was there any bad reaction to what when you were recommending that or did you ever have to overcome that kind of obstacle when it came to this concept Oh, I, and I definitely, and I, I still do. I mean, <laughs> right, I, I right, see right. people and like, oh, what do you do? And I say, you know, started as acupuncture business, oh, okay. and people like, I can see that they're thinking like, oh, right. but um, I really think that people just don't know, even know mm-hmm. what to ask about it, yeah. and that's where I think so much of the reaction of like, oh, is it real? Is it woo woo? It's right. placebo. It's just because they don't know enough about it, mm-hmm. and that's why you know. Our mission is to educate people on the benefits of acupuncture and mm-hmm. traditional Chinese medicine and mm-hmm. then 
you know, create a space to help people feel better. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was actually one of my professors, to go back to your question around, like, thinking of it, yeah. I met with one of my professors, and um, he, I told him my idea, and he said, you know, I think it was my beginning of my second year of school, and mm. he said, I think that there could be a there there, and you would be, it would be wise to explore it. And so I took that and I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I spent the year researching um, acupuncture, acup- talking to acupuncturists across the country, right. doing potential customer interviews and really understanding the space. So it kind of came out of a lunch and then, you know, this meeting with the professor where he thought that there was some, you know, something to explore. Right. Um, so yes. So I yeah. see. In, I guess it's more, I'm sure a lot of people are curious about this too, but for me, I've had friends that actually a recent one that graduated from Harvard Business School, I think in 2020, and then others that have gone to business school. Um, I will say, would you, just from your experience, is it more or less common for those that go to business school to start a business versus, let's say, going into consulting? It's just kind of like a <laughs> tangent, but I am curious just from your experience, and I'm sure you've seen a lot more than that. <laughs> so I'm not sure, like, the true... I can only say from my experience. Right, right. Um, I do think that business school gave me a space to research acupuncture and think about starting a business. I think okay. it's really hard when you're in working and have a full day job to Mm -hmm. um have the like creative space and the ability to really build Mm -hmm. a business plan and think about it so I think that business school just gives you a little bit more time Mm -hmm. and space to do that it's not you don't have to go to business school to start a business by any means yeah um but I think what it gives you is a little bit of I, of just resources both with time with mm-hmm. classmates professors and um, I also think too it's a little bit easier to go from when you're as a student not having a job mm-hmm. to starting a business than leaving a job to right. start a business right. there's so much it's, it's so very scary and right. it still is scary <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. but you know taking that leap is a little bit easier when you're not leaping from a stable job. <laughs> yeah. I had an audience submit a question relating to your experience at Harvard Business School before we dive into the rest. Um, they wanted to know, was the experience there more valuable because of the community or like the network per se, or the actual you know academics and what you learn within business school? <laughs> So I'd say, and this isn't to be political, but truly both, you know, I've made some amazing friends and just a great network Mm -hmm. of people and just loved the people, getting to meet new people from Mm -hmm. all over the world. Um, But I also think the academics were really great. I think it shows you not, you know, you're there and you don't become, I I didn't become an expert in one specific area but I learned and was exposed to so many different types of business that Mm -hmm. I felt like I could learn and almost more now know what to ask Mm. when I'm in a room and I don't know the the exact I see specific subject matter if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. To my, I definitely, I took accounting again, finally. (laughs) Still not an accountant, but (laughs) I still can, you know, when I have 
at my meetings with my accountant and really know, follow it all the better. Yeah. yeah. That exposure helped in that Yeah. Way. And I, I agree on the tangent of accounting. I think it's, <laughs> um, I took that because I minored in entrepreneurship in college and I remember thinking like, I didn't want to do it, but I had to for the minor, but I'm grateful that I did because it's such a great skill, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's definitely a skill that carries over into real life more than a lot of other classes some, some of us take. So. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to dive into your personal story and background with type 1 diabetes can you share you know I think um, or actually I'll just let you start with like at what point it started and kind of how you looked into or maybe other methods you tried before acupuncture and all of that so I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes mm-hmm. when I was 11 okay my older sister who's two years older actually mm-hmm. um, is also type 1 diabetic and mm-hmm. she was diagnosed when she was six so mm-hmm. I was pretty familiar with um, you know what that meant okay. um, and it was really then that I so much shifted kind of an interest was both an interest but also just a general like, lifestyle around you know having a healthy healthy life mm-hmm. um, and I um, took I, I'd say a lot of um, I didn't get into acupuncture I was 11 I didn't get into yeah. acupuncture until I was older but I in that time after I was diagnosed I did sort of see how you know community and health issues very much do go you know go hand in hand uh-huh. and how important it is to have a community to learn you know learn about and talk to. Um, other people with the disease. So one of the things that I did when I was um, in high school was I started a babysitting service. So Mm -hmm. it was a uh, diabetes babysitting service where young adults babysat for kids, young adults with type 1 diabetes babysat for kids with type 1 diabetes. And it was a way where I saw, you know, having um, diabetes, there's so much kind of knowledge, you know, how to take care of it. And a lot of babysitters might not know what to do in the yes. event of a low blood sugar. Uh-huh. So I was able to create um, both community and mentorship uh-huh. among other diabetics. Okay, I, I have a question too. And I saw <laughs> in your bio somewhere um, that babysitting service was acquired. Yes. Okay, yeah. could you quickly elaborate on that? So did it turn into like an actual ongoing business? And were you managing it? Like, I Because you, you started it at a young age, right? When In high school. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I started in high school and it was, it's always been and always and still is a nonprofit. And okay. it was very much, you know, first started out of like my kitchen table where uh-huh. I gathered other teenagers with type 1 diabetes and uh-huh. we babysat for kids. And then I pitched it um, to, there was a nurses association meeting and I pitched this idea to help spread the word. So to say that we have this diabetes babysitting service, Right. let me know if you have other families in your schools, you know, with kids with type one diabetes and the right. parents would be looking for it. So mm-hmm. I kind of marketed it in that way. Okay. And then I, um, in high school and senior year saw that there was, I submitted my story to a reporter at the Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. and the she liked the story mm-hmm. and she then called me for an interview and at that point it was just kind of existing in my um at my kitchen table and uh-huh. we were kind of like a monthly babysitting group right um but then I quickly kind of 
saw after there was this article that ran that there was such a national need and it got, got all of these emails uh-huh. about saying, do you have this in my state? Do you have this in my state? Oh, wow. That um, mm-hmm. quickly kind of made it online. So mm-hmm. it turned into like a Craig's, more of like a Craigslist, which I realized that you guys might be too young for I mean, to I, know I, what I, I know what Craigslist okay. is, but um, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe an 18-year-old might not know. So Craigslist where you put, like, it's all merch posting. So yeah. if you're a babysitter, you post that you're a babysitter in this zip code. And then if you're, um, you know, a parent looking for a babysitter, you can post and connect right. all online. And it kind of grew from there to be uh, online babysitting service that was national and in Canada and it really just came out of such a need and people looking for help. Mm. Um, so and then it grew and then it, it got acquired many, many years later. Yeah. <laughs> so relating to you submitting the story, that was just out of like, you know, like, hey, let me just submit it to Wall Street Journal or? So this health reporter, it sounds so, in the retrospect, <laughs> it's so random uh-huh. this health reporter wrote an article on something that was something related and okay. my mom was reading it and was like oh you should tell her your story okay. so on a whim I, I did okay. and um I can't say I was like at the time reading the Wall Street Journal today. right 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 but I think that that's what's unique though is again you it's it's not like the opportunity came to you 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 like initiated it I mean of course and again it's like all opportunity right where you know you your mom suggests like, Hey, like that's a parallel to what you do. You should look into maybe dropping your story. Right. And you do so. So I guess with, again, my point in that is without initiating that, it might not have led to. Totally. Right? It was a full on. And I like put myself out there, right. told my story. And it really went from being a local babysitting service to right. national right. and overnight. And it, right. was, it was wild. It was also, you know, a, able to see how much how many more people you can reach digitally too right. which was really right really cool yeah but yeah no the it was fully like not expected she called i wasn't really expected i'd hear from her right she called me back and was like great now submit a um a headshot and i was like <laughs> i don't have i don't have headshots how old were you at this time i was like 17 okay and wow, it was so also cool. like pre-iphone where you just right. can do something and like look great right so I went to the CVS and got a passport photo. Oh my gosh! And okay, made this that. Is so good. <laughs> this is such a good story. <laughs> made that my headshot that oh then ran in the Wall Street Journal, and like I didn't even do my hair. It was if I were to do it all oh, over again, so cool. I would hopefully look a lot better. But right. <laughs> oh my gosh! Funny. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm all about you know pushing ahead of pushing the story to the younger generation. Like this is how it was way before you know iPhones and you know photo editing and you know making your skin look good just with an app like (laughs) yeah no I had like little frizzy hair coming out but it was like I didn't know how at the time she needed it overnight I didn't know how to get Mm -hmm. the high-res image so I was just like great I'll go see that that's so funny (laughs) wow okay um all right so let's dive back into so um you you talked a little bit about your experience with type 1 diabetes uh, I guess were there along the way um, after when, when you were going into college you mentioned you had other health issues as well that you were trying to like resolve and you tried acupuncture where did you get the idea to try was did someone suggest it to you because I think you mentioned it was from a little bit of the stress that you had from working as an analyst um, before going to business school yes yeah, so I had been going to a bunch of different GI doctors okay. and one thing like I 
I really believe acupuncture and Eastern medicine is mm-hmm. a great complement to Western medicine. Okay. For instance, for my type like type one diabetes, mm-hmm. I am insulin dependent. I see my endocrinologist. I take insulin. Um, I'm not suggesting that acupuncture cured my type one diabetes. Mm-hmm. However, when I had these other issues that you know came about related to my diabetes Mm -hmm. both my thyroid condition and then a lot of these stomach issues Mm -hmm. um I was very frustrated with western medicine in the sense that I had been going to a lot of different GI doctors and specialists and they were just offering you know take this prescription pill Mm -hmm. do um you know take this other prescription pill because that prescription pill stopped working and no one really looked at me and said like okay why do you have these stomach problems right like the root they're not looking at the root cause or root problem exactly and so and I didn't want to take another prescription pill so I then went to a functional medicine doctor and really explored that approach around both Mm -hmm. diet lifestyle Mm -hmm. and still he was um a MD, so still right. with a bit of a Western approach, and he was the person that recommended acupuncture. So he I said, you know, I recommend trying going to Gabriel, who yeah. I mentioned, Gabriel Scher, who's uh-huh. our head of acupuncture, and trying and seeing how it is. So I went, and truly, I started to feel better, um, like after the first time, wow. and it was really. Because with acupuncture, it was getting to the root cause. And it okay. was saying, okay, we're going to treat your symptom. And um, of like, ext- I had extreme bloating, extreme mm. water retention, uh, and constipation, which yeah. I <laughs> didn't think I'd be publicly talking right. about. I think that's, that's the thing too. I think that's such a, I don't know, a common issue though amongst women especially today I mean even I've had to look into like like what's causing some of that sometimes like is it like IBS the bloating thing right like all of that where again I I'm very into um, holistic wellness if you will for that reason where I don't think you can just solve that with a pill or you know just a piece of medicine or take it and it should be done right well no it's like what is causing that root issue Exactly. And so he really saw and was like, here that I can help treat your symptoms around bloating and constipation, but like, right. why are you experiencing this? Right. And he was the first person that was like, well, your thyroid condition actually is causing, you know, a, it's all related. You have a thyroid condition. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, I was extremely stressed, extremely yeah. anxious, like, yeah. and, and with the lifestyle too of, you know, both stressed, not a lot of great sleep. Yeah. You know, still going out. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was, <laughs> yeah. and um, that he, you know, kind of treated the whole my whole system, and mm-hmm. it really I saw, and I still do see great results. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was funny. The GI doctor was would see me and say, "Okay, here's this pill for constipation. Oh, it stopped working. But here's this extra, um, like." more a higher higher dose right and then like oh. i would take it and worked for two weeks and then i'd stop working because my right. body got used to it and then yeah. I realized, okay it must be because you're diabetic but then my diabetes doctor would be mm. like well no your my diabetes was in good control <sighs> i that wouldn't cause that right and they want it was just easy to blame the other right. problem right. and not sort of say like <laughs> oh you're 
you have your whole system and other things going on. Right. And as a tangent to the reason why I love that you share that and just kind of how, why I'm into holistic wellness is because my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer um, when I was so six, seven years ago. But even during her process, um, I, you know, my dad would take her to the hospital and, and always going back and forth with like to Johns Hopkins. I'm from Pennsylvania and they drive down like two hours, like, you know, every week. And I was always, I don't want to say um, I was skeptical of all the medication that she was put on. But at the same time, I was always, I started to become more curious, you know, again, because at that point they're like, okay, we well, have a daughter, like she may be at risk. It's not genetic, but fortunately, mm-hmm. but you know, it's something you start to think about as you're right. older, right? And it just started to ponder. And I've had other um, kind of people in the holistic wellness space on the podcast before, but that's something I think is important to at least share the knowledge on that there there are these solutions and there's also these alternatives and it's important to be open-minded to how some or one or the other could be better for you you know even if the traditional way is saying otherwise right (laughs) totally totally and i think it's true it's like you need you know there's not one approach and Mm -hmm. we sort of say like it's a balance right and they're also often very much complementary to each other they're Mm -hmm. not like saying it you know don't see your doctor. Right. Don't know. It's just figuring out what the right mix is for you. Right. Okay. So can we dive into acupuncture itself? So can you explain like what do the needles do and, and what is like the actual, I guess you could say the system of how it works and what it's really doing um, for each session? So I'd say, and the first piece around each, before each session, especially mm-hmm. the first one is you have a full consultation so mm-hmm. you get a meta you sit down with your acupuncturist and mm-hmm. you have a medical go through your medical history because mm-hmm. the you know treatment is only as good as the diagnosis and you have to really get to the acupuncturist has to really understand what's going on mm-hmm. so after that happens you do have insert um these very thin needles so mm-hmm. i think a big myth is that it's these very scary big needles <laughs> um but it's actually really just the width of your hair right and right. there's you know placed around depending on what you're coming in for but mm-hmm. different points on your body that really to help increase blood flow and mm-hmm. circulation mm-hmm. and increase balance your um yin and your yang mm-hmm. um which i'll get to a little bit more yeah. in a second and then also um you know with the blood flow, a lot of people have stagnation. So mm-hmm. that being, um, whether it be stagnation through in your shoulder because it's extreme tension and mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure. And so, you know, kind of having that flow through your body and not mm-hmm. be super, super tight. Mm-hmm. Um, or it be in my stomach where like there was so much, um, not a lot of movement. Uh-huh. So it was sort of like blocked in your in your stomach. I see. And the idea is that, you know, around a lot of with acupuncture, the balance is that your body's kind of in a state of a seesaw. Mm-hmm. And acupuncture helps to kind of balance those two. So mm-hmm. you're, if it's great for stress, it also is really great in terms of the balancing when it comes to hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, often a lot of with like full muscular pain and tension. So mm-hmm. it... Those are just a few of the things it helps yeah. with, but um, it, it really helps both your mental and physical state mm-hmm. in both increasing blood flow, increasing circulation, um, harnessing your inner chi, which is kind of your energy right. throughout your body, and um, is a like full holistic approach. Right. 
And I like it a lot too because um, I was a former competitive figure skater for 15 years. Um, so I've had a lot of intense, you know, tightness in my <laughs> muscles and back. So I've tried acupuncture a few times myself and I always really enjoyed it. But also what you said there with like the energy, the, the chi, right? Um, could you elaborate on how that connects with like the, the traditional Chinese method for those who like literally know nothing about any of this, right? Like, can we backtrack it a little bit into the energy aspect and kind of the yin and the yang? Mm -hmm. So energy is often similar, like your blood is sort of saying your type of blood flow. Right. So it's your blood flow is going throughout your system mm -hmm. and your chi is the idea of stagnation. Mm -hmm. So if you have stagnant chi or stagnant blood flow, which is tension that I mentioned, whether it come in different ways. And right. people often show their tension, whether it be their neck, because it's like both, you know, scratching over a computer screen, but it's mm. also often stress-related. Yeah. Or as I mentioned, my stomach, there's so much emotion that also goes with into your stomach and okay. stress. So your chi can often be blocked, and it's your energy. Uh -huh. um, and using needles, it sort of helps both place throughout your body. So it's not, it both, it's, probably going to be where that you're experiencing it, mm -hmm. but also throughout your body to help balance you out. Mm -hmm. So um, those needles help to increase the chi, which is really increasing your blood flow mm -hmm. and increasing your energy um, and breaking up any of that stagnation that's occurring for a various reason, right. number of reasons. <laughs> um, were there any other, um, I guess you could say like holistic methods that you did along with acupuncture, especially back when you were in business school, um, dealing with, you know, the various health issues? So, and I'd say that, yes. And mm -hmm. I'd say that we often, you know, at Aura, we say one that acupuncture, it's a practice. So right. it is something, it's not a quick fix. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, you don't, go to the gym once yeah. and you're a different person. <laughs> exactly. um, and really, you know, getting regular acupuncture gives you a great foundation mm -hmm. so that you then can, you know, come more into like a tune-up or a maintenance. Mm -hmm. So it's, well, I feel my best going weekly. Mm -hmm. um, if I don't make it now weekly, if I kind of, I don't have these huge flare-ups. And similarly right. with that, we also say that there's a lot of, Acu lifestyle things you can do at home. Uh -huh. So those include, you know, using really food as medicine, which mm -hmm. is a big piece with yeah. tra traditional Chinese medicine. There, so much of what you put in is reflective of how you feel. Mm -hmm. So um, in TCM, which is traditional Chinese medicine, mm -hmm. the belief that you should have a lot of warm foods, yeah. not super cold, um, yeah. to really help kind of nourish your system, mm -hmm. especially someone like me with digestive problems, right. um, I do my best with having those warm, warm foods. Yeah. Um, also movement. So mm -hmm. getting your blood flow, your chi moving yeah. um, on a daily basis is also helpful if you're not getting it, even, you know, in addition to your acupuncture. Right. And that's anywhere from truly like stretching mm -hmm. to walking. And for me, I love walking. Yeah. Um, I find it like both helps to really move your chi, but mm -hmm. also kind of puts me in my, like a bit of a meditative state. Right. I've never personally been able to meditate. I yeah. think <laughs> acupuncture really, I'm like in a zone right. that's unlike any other. And mm -hmm. that's my form of meditation. Right. And similar with walking, it really does help, um, both emotionally and also kind of move 
as you say, Lou, your chi. A few final questions, a little bit more on just like personal life or personal advice side. Knowing what you know now, what would you tell your younger self in your 20s in both your, in the career aspect as well as just like personal relationships with colleagues, um, you know, dating and like all of that, just to, to help kind of guide some of the younger females listening. So I would say like not to take myself so seriously mm -hmm. um, and to not, and in that not to overthink. Yeah. I feel like I never took myself seriously where I thought I was so, it was like I never thought I was so, you know, I was more, I took myself, I overthought to the point where I feel like I was quieter in meetings uh -huh. um, and that I like was much more nervous. So, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm so calm, cool, uh -huh. or collected. Yeah. You could probably tell on this uh -huh. acupuncturist. Uh -huh on this um, podcast, but I feel like I was took everything so seriously that I was so nervous to do it. Like, say the wrong thing, whether mm -hmm. it be in a meeting, whether it be with colleagues, yeah. um, with the boss, um, even with friends that are, like, on a date. And I think, like, realizing that no one really... They, no one cares that much. Yeah, that's, I guess that's great <laughs> no advice, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just so nervous. Um, and it's like... You're lucky if someone remembers, but really right. no one no one cares or is thinking about it. <laughs> right. And I always see too, especially on social media social media nowadays, there's always that quote that talks about how um, you know, people are thinking about themselves more than they're thinking about you. You know what I mean? Whether you're walking the streets of Manhattan and you think like you look bad or whatever, like no one no one noticed. Exactly. <laughs> like if I said the wrong thing in a meeting, no one would I yeah. would have, you know, and I think that that I was just nervous I could you could like speak up and it's still you're gonna just learn and it's right. only it's positive right I think that's a big lesson um especially for 20s um okay so we have a lightning round uh four questions this is actually from the what fulfills you card game which is releasing the end of this month um it's just kind of really fun questions but a little bit on the deep side so um, okay, first question I think will be fun for, for you to answer. Do you think people fall in love because the right person has arrived or because the time is right? Oh, that's good. <laughs> I know. And I'm, I'm married, you. so I feel like I can't win with that answer. <laughs> well, you have that experience, though, from your background. And I think a lot of girls listening, they're either in relationships right now or um, still single and dating culture. Uh, and I'm, I'm 24, so a lot of the dating today is crazy in my opinion <laughs> so um i think it's like interesting um, one. i'd say i think if this is a person's right i i do well it's funny uh, that's so tough because i do think timing is a really big piece of it uh-huh but it, it's not the only piece i think timing <laughs> I think that's really tough. Yeah. Okay. It's a combo. I really do think it's a combo. It's a combination. Like you of kind time. of. It might not be the exact perfect time. It can't be the exact terrible time. Uh huh. But like somewhere in between the combo of the two. Okay. That's such a cop out. <laughs> <laughs> um, relating to that, do you when you make decisions, do you go more based off of gut instinct or logic? Oh, I'm terrible over... I try not to overthink. I mean, I'm an overthinker just, as well, I, so that's I, why I, I always <laughs> love to talk to founders and see what they say. <laughs> I'd say it's funny because with many things in my life, it's logic-based, mm -hmm. but when it came to a lot of the brand-related things and mm -hmm. the vision, it was pure, more like gut. 
Yeah. Um, not that we haven't made mistakes or anything. Right. But when it's like a, you know, a lot of the things have ultimately been for when it comes to the brand that's mm-hmm. gut. Um, but other like smaller decisions, it's more logic. Okay. How do you measure happiness? Um, so I think a lot of it is around like how with business, it's really, you know, helping other people feel better. Mm -hmm. And that's might sound a little bit corny, but truly when I like leave and hear someone's positive, guest positive experience at Aura and how we've helped them in their healing journey, Mm -hmm. that really is truly happiness. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think for me personally, both my personal relationships are really important and mm-hmm. having striking that balance of, you know, my professional work right. and strong personal relationships has been. Yeah. Great. Um, and that's a huge theme on the show. So I'm, I'm <laughs> glad you talked about that. Um, okay. This is also kind of a happiness question. Is happiness a choice? I do think it is. Okay. I agree with that one as well. I do. Um, last lightning round. Do you believe everything happens for a reason or do we have more control over our fate? Oh. <laughs> um, and there's a hundred of those in my card game. So. Those are tough. I feel like you need like I know. many bottles of wine yeah. to unpack. It's a wine night kind <laughs> it of is, thing, it right? Is. Um, I do like to believe everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. But similar to happiness is a choice. You kind of you can't let everything happen to you. You mm-hmm. have to have an active play an active role. Right. In that. So kind of like a hybrid of both. Yeah. I agree with that one in, in that I've always believed it's a mix of both. I think there's kind of like a universal um, you know, I guess like with laws of universe or the how that works, right? It's like things are I guess almost predetermined unless you like choose or redirect right and you get to redirect your own course so I've always been a firm believer in taking initiative and as you did right yeah. with the Wall Street <laughs> Journal I mean without that it just played out the way it did so I love that um okay well last question something I ask every guest on the show um also relatively deep but um from everything we talked about today and just in what you've learned in your personal life and in your professional life what would you say truly fulfills you helping people feel better Mm -hmm. and um, my family yeah yeah oh my goodness and I I love that and I think again just to add on to that what I love is um, especially those who you know again in your position you have created this business and you've had your own success along the way and over time I think again speaking to the younger generation is there's so much clarity that needs to be brought that after everything is said and done it's it's beyond the paper success or what's on your resume right it is about the personal the strength of your personal relationships and more importantly even what I love about what I do in this podcast is making an impact on people as you do with your business so I really love your answer and I think it always just ties back so yeah thank you for sharing that okay well where can everyone find you and the business if they want to check it out on Instagram on the social media feel free to share all the social links so you can check us out at aura space o-r-o-r-a space the word um and we are in NoHo on fourth between Broadway and Lafayette we're opening on the Upper East Side, Ooh. and you can check us out online at auraspace.com. 
Um, we have our our shop there. You can mm-hmm. shop all of our curated Eastern medicine products mm-hmm. and read more about TCM on our blog mm-hmm. and um, book an appointment. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was so much fun and, and I can't wait for my own session. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you. That was all for today's episode with Kim Ross, founder and CEO of Aura. Be sure to check out their Instagram and their information. All of it is linked in the show notes. And if you are intrigued to hear more about acupuncture and just learn more about how it may help with your own health issues or health and well-being, definitely check out their website because they do include some info on there. And as a reminder, the card game is launching this Saturday, September 25th, so you can pre-order it then. I am so excited for you guys to get your hands on this. I think this game is going to be great for the fall time. Holiday season is literally around the corner, Friendsgiving, Thanksgiving dinners, all of that. And I think it's just the perfect time to really kick off more meaningful, deep conversations with, with one another and really just focus on our own personal growth. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love if you could share this on your Instagram stories. Just tag at what fulfills you so I can be resharing this on my story as well. And as always, thank you again for tuning in. I will chat with you all next time. Bye.